Hey there, it's Joan Green, and you are listening to Navigating Two Worlds, where we are blessed to spend time learning about the complexities of interracial families. This show is designed to support an incredible community of women in relationships to black men who love deeply and are driven to make a positive impact within their homes and beyond, as well as to open a dialogue for others who may want a greater understanding of privilege and racial bias, especially in regards to how it affects the family dynamic. We do all of this through conversation, education, and love. So let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back. In this episode, I could not be more thrilled to introduce to you Christina from Raising Biracial Babies. Christina is a mom to three gorgeous biracial children. She's a wife in an interracial marriage to Kofi and an incredibly talented entrepreneur. Her mission is in serving the biracial interracial community through education and support, and I cannot wait for you to hear her story and what exciting things she has planned. So thanks for being here, Christina. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. So let's just jump right in. Um, I'd love to begin with your story. So maybe if you could just share the journey that you've been on in your relationship with your husband and raising your three children. Okay. Um, I met my husband through um, work. We actually both worked at a residential facility for children. And shortly after we met through a mutual friend and we started talking and hanging out and dating. And then we had our first baby. And when I was pregnant with her, um, I did a lot of research on hair care. And in my like journey of trying to find information for how to take care of biracial hair, I realized that there wasn't at the time a lot of information out there. And so I ended up doing a lot of trial and error once my mm-hmm. daughter was born and through like raising her and everything, I had a lot of people ask me, like one of the most popular questions was, how do you take care of her hair? I and know. so I kind of figured like, I know I needed the information and I figured a lot of other people could use the information. So I ended mm-hmm. up starting a blog called Raising Biracial Babies and in the beginning, a lot of it was focused on hair care, like how to properly take care of biracial children's hair. And it sort of morphed into like a more wide approach of raising a biracial child. So not just their hair, but also taking care of their skin and then taking care of them, like their mental health and, right. you know, the right. whole, the whole, a hello, uh, uh, a holistic approach to, you know, raising mixed kids. And you know, there's so much to that whole, that whole body, that holistic approach. And I agree with that. I I love that it's taken shape that way. And um, I want to, I know we're going to dig into that too. I'm I'm excited to have you share that with everybody. Um, But I want to dig in a little bit and go back to, you know, being in an interracial marriage to begin with and what you might have learned, um, as you became more immersed in that. And I know that the work that the two of you did together was also, you know, deeply ingrained in um, the the African-American community and and people who didn't have um, as many resources as maybe we would. So I'm really interested to know how did all of that translate to the two of you finding common ground? And then 
how has your own self-education helped you better support your husband too? Yeah. Um, so a lot of it was, you know, being a white woman, I, um, you know, didn't know what I didn't know at the time and just being around him, I had learned a lot just from hearing things that he said or, you know, listening to the news with him and, you know, his reactions to certain things. And, and sometimes even when he didn't have reactions to certain things, because I would be appalled and like, this is, this is everyday life for me. Like this is nothing new. So to him, it wasn't a big deal. But to me, I was like, holy cow, you know, so kind of realizing just what he goes through on a daily basis, what he has gone through and realizing that that is going to impact my children as well. You know, when, cause I, I think when a mom to whatever color your child is, you don't look at them that way. They're your child, you know? And so, but you have to see beyond that when your children are mixed because they are going to see the world differently and they're right. going to um, experience the world differently than you did as a white woman or a white person. And so, you know, it was, it was really just through interactions that we had and, and kind of just going through the world together that I was seeing what he was going through and we would talk about it and we would talk about how it would affect our children and conversations we would need to have with our kids. And, um, you know, there was like, there's, there's plenty of examples I could give you. One example, you know, would be, we used to take walks in one of our neighborhoods and I would kind of, he's a very reserved man. And so I would kind of laugh at him because he, every time we would walk past people, he'd be like, Oh, hi. And like, be all friendly and stuff. And I'd kind of laugh and I'd be like, why are you doing that? Like, that's so not like you. And he's like, I have to do that so that people are not intimidated and like nervous when they're near me. And I was like, Oh wow. It was a very sobering moment because I I had no, like, I had no idea that he had to change how he was just to make other people comfortable around him. Absolutely. And I, I hear you loud and clear. I'm very much in um, in the same learning curve as you with my husband. And, you know, I've shared before, we've been married um, almost, well, 29 years, almost 30 years. And for all that time or most of that time, I never realized some of the things he did were intentional to make sure that he was making other people feel comfortable. Yeah. And I think when you think about then doing those type of things in front of your children. So sort of what you're, what you're, you know, circling back to is the children see him doing that. So they will do the same because they're going to follow his example, but also giving them the understanding that this is with intention. It's not just because daddy's friendly, you know, I think that's um, a conversation that you, you probably are having already. Um, One of the other things is that that you had shared with me, and I'm going to put this one out there because I thought it was great, was the story about the grapes in the grocery store Um, because it relates so much to children. But I I wondered if you'd be okay sharing that. Sure. Um, So, you know, when when my mom used to take my sister and I to the grocery store when we were little, she would always like open the bag of grapes, for example, like whatever it was. It might be a piece of, you know, a tiny piece of fruit or something. And she'd let us eat a few of them while we were in the store. So Mm -hmm. when I would take my own kids to the store, 
I kind of did the same thing. If they were starting to get antsy or, you know, bored or something, I'd be like, oh, here, have a grape. And I'd open the right. grape bag and I'd give it to them. And I mentioned that one time to my husband. He's like, wait, so you you open the grapes in the store and you let them like snack on them. And I was like, yeah, I was like, it's, I mean, it's not a big deal because I, you know, I pay for them, you know, I, it's in my card. I'm, and I pay for them. He's like, oh no, it's like, but I, that's not something that we would ever do because, you know, we would be arrested for shoplifting. Right. And that was right. another holy cow moment for me. I I never had to think like that. Right. And then when he said it, I was like, wow, it, again, a very sobering moment. Right. And I, I love I love the way that you said a holy cow moment. I think that there's so many of those along the way. So many, yeah. And yeah, for sure. And and I think um it helps your relationship with your your spouse or partner to be open to those conversations and to stop and just really understand them. So the other piece of it is the self education and the research. So not only from our significant others, but um what type of research have you done, not only in the hair arena, which we're going to get into in just a minute, but as far as, you know, understanding white privilege and um, the things that your husband has shared with you, like really gaining the history piece of it, have you found there to be phenomenal resources that you have loved using? Um, I can't think of like one because I, I just read like so much and a right. lot of it will just be like articles that I come across and um it's just articles spanning on like interracial relationships mm -hmm. and having biracial children or black children and uh you know as a white parent or even um articles that are uh from the viewpoint of a black parent to white parents who have black or mixed mm -hmm. children and and just trying to soak it all in because I'm mm -hmm. learning so much, you know, uh, a big part of my journey has been unlearning right. a lot of stuff that not, not even that was like taught to me, um, you know, verbally or consciously, but just this world is so white centered. So, and, and, you know, white viewpoints are the star of the show here. And so unlearning a lot of that. And so I've just been trying to devour everything that I can to uh, to have a better understanding and to change my thoughts and change my behavior around certain things that, you know, I didn't know were problematic before. Right. And, and we talked about, you know, I think I shared with you my favorite quote from Maya Angelou, you know, do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. And I think that's right where you are. You're just soaking it all in and trying to make those changes. And I think that's really what our responsibility is. Um, to ourselves and to our community and certainly to our family members. And so then when, you know, a couple of times we've alluded to the conversation, the conversation, we really have to start those conversations. So one of my kind of deep questions for you is um, what questions do your children ask about their mixed race? They're at that age, at least two of them, where they're, you know, really able to kind of gain understanding. So what, what have they been asking you and your husband? And then how have you been kind of teaching yourself to respond um, in the right way or the, the best way that you can? Um, so some of it, um, when my daughter was around like three or four was sort of when she started to notice that her skin color was different and she would ask, why am I brown, but you're clear? Mm -hmm. So I'm very pale and she called <laughs> me clear. And I was like, okay, well, you know, 
trying to explain to her that daddy has dark skin. I have very light skin. And when we had a baby, you know, she ended up with this beautiful light brown skin. And um, it kind of broke my heart in the beginning because she's like, I want to be clear like you. I want to be white like you. And I think just at the time, like with, with biracial children, their preference for, you know, race and skin color will change over time. And I think because she was very connected to me at the time, you know, she wanted to look like me and I would explain to her like, and, and this is, this is a conversation that has been going on since, you know, she made that comment. I would have this conversation with both of my children, but I was like, even though we don't have the same exact skin color, there's still similarities. There's similarities that you have to me. There's similarities that you have to daddy. And I was like, and your skin is beautiful. Your hair is beautiful. Your brown eyes are beautiful. Right. Um, I don't ever want them to think because they don't look like me that they aren't beautiful. And um, one of the things that I do too, is I make sure that we have a lot of diverse dolls in the house for both my kids, lots of diverse books with like characters who are black and brown and, you know, not just white. And, and and it's, what's sad about it is that even with all of that, the media still is so, you know, white centered and, you know, my daughter would, she made a comment not too long ago. She has beautiful curly hair and she's like, oh, I want mermaid hair. I was like, you already have mermaid hair. And she's like, I want like, the like what she calls it straight but curly but what she means is like wavy like beach wavy, wave right mm-hmm. she's like that's the kind of mermaid hair I want and I was like and it you know made me sad because the only reason that she thinks that is because that's what she sees right you know on right. tv or in pictures and stuff because her type of hair is not represented a whole lot so right. um I, I, I think that that's off. I'm slowly seeing that start to change um, more so in commercials is my husband and I've been kind of noticing, especially throughout the Olympics and leading up to, but um, I'm seeing a lot more representation of interracial families and biracial children and and girls, especially, um, but only in commercials, not not as much in shows that maybe the children would be watching. So we definitely have, you know, a lot of work to do and a lot more um, forward motion to go with with for our kids. One of the things that I love is that you intentionally provide diverse toys, books, and all of those things. And I was talking to one of the moms in my group and she, she was, her daughter is five. And she said, when do you think we should start talking about this? And honestly, you know, I just stopped and I said, two years ago, (laughs) like you should. So, you know, the fact that you started the minute she had the first question and you've been very open and honest about it, I think is, is already the healthy way. Um, to help them help her and help your children, you know, determine their identity. And mm-hmm. the other thing that you said that I loved is that that will change over time. And I also agree with that. Having young adult um, biracial children, they're, they are going to choose their identity as they grow and change and as their situations grow and change. So I love that. And that kind of leads me into all the work that you're doing. You have such a great point of view, your energy and passion is so phenomenal around this. So with with raising biracial babies as well, your blog, as well as I know you've got this new adventure that I want you to talk to us yeah. about. Um, how do you see your business supporting this community? And kind of what are your goals? What are you hoping to accomplish? Um, I see my business as 
um, providing parents, specifically white parents um, or white guardians, with information on how to support their child's biracial identity and how to empower their child to love who they are um, and just celebrate them. Right. That is what I hope that when people come to my site, that's what they get from it. And, you know, if they talk to me, if they email me or whatever, that that is that is my goal um, is to help parents really just uh, support their child's Right. Help their children family. embrace. And it's so needed, um, Christina, for sure. So tell us a little bit about your new adventure. I'm very excited with your collaboration um, with Beth and I know this is going to be mind blowing and life changing for so many people. Yeah. Um, so I'm working with Beth, another mom with biracial children, and we are opening up a group coaching program for parents with multiracial children. And we are so excited about this because again, it's going to take it a whole nother step further in that holistic approach to raising a multiracial child because you know, there's so many different facets to it. It's not just supporting your child, but it's also, like I said earlier, it's unlearning a lot of, you know, thoughts and behaviors that you've learned growing up. You have to unlearn it and then you have to learn new thoughts and behaviors moving forward that's going to, A, make you a better person. And it's also going to set your multiracial child up for success. And that is that's our goal. We want healthy minded children, multiracial children to grow up and just love who they are, be confident in who they are, despite the fact that the world is very racially divided. Yep. Um, that, so yeah, that is our, that's our new project. Right, and tell us the name of your program. Uh, it's called educate, empower, advocate, parenting your multiracial child successfully. I love it. That couldn't be any more all-encompassing. And I think people are going to, to be able to take so much learning away from that. Um, so when you think about putting this out there and, and your journey and Beth's journey, um, the amount of really tangible, real-life experience that you're bringing to the table is phenomenal. And I know your goal is to help the children grow up um, strong and confident and with a, a strong identity. But I also want from this end, from being a parent who whose children are already grown, I wish that I had had a program like this, you know, 20 years ago. So I, you're helping parents too. And just know yeah. that, that this is really, really a fantastic way to help white women, white moms to really get a hold of and learn because I think it will cause a little bit of a ripple effect, right? As each mom becomes more confident in these conversations, they're going to share with other moms and other families. And you guys are going to be creating this ripple effect on positivity, um, which is so great. So congratulations to you Thank for this. You. So as we kind of wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you um, and anything else that we might need to know about your work? Uh, you can find me at raisingbiracialbabies.com. And Joan will leave a link to um, the program, the group coaching program, if you're interested in checking that out. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I'm just so excited to be a part of 
you know, as small of a role as I have, I'm excited to be a part of people's journeys with their own children and, and helping as much as I can to just create these children who just have loads of confidence and love for themselves. I agree. And it's so necessary. So thank you for everything that you're doing. I've really enjoyed our time together. And I know that we will reconnect um, as this unfolds and as you and Beth do more work together. So um, my listeners, you guys can stay tuned because we will definitely come back and let you know how it's going. And I'm really glad that everybody could join us for this episode. If you'd like to learn more about what what I do and what we do, um, first, listen to other episodes of this podcast and leave me a comment or a like. You can also visit our website at togetherwelovewithjoangreen.com or on Instagram at togetherwelove.jmg. And we are going to um, really keep tabs on you, my friend. So thank you so much for joining, Christina. I can't wait to see you know, how this unfolds for you. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. All righty. We'll talk to you all soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks again for joining in another episode of Navigating Two Worlds. And here are our takeaways. One, Christina reinforced the notion of, I didn't know what I didn't know when it comes to supporting her husband. And by listening to what our spouse or partner says or doesn't say, and by being tuned into how they react to various situations or the media, um, and then soaking up or grabbing onto those holy cow moments, we can totally realize what they may be going through on a daily basis, and then we will be more empathetic and understanding to them. Two, our multiracial and biracial children will experience life differently than we did growing up white. Our conversations with them will include our differences, but will also include our similarities to ourselves and to their dad and the beauty of each one of them to bring to them individually. Three, as white women, we have to be intentional to do some unlearning of the things we picked up from our white-centered world growing up, and we have to begin to learn new thoughts and new behaviors to better support our family. And four, Christina is committed to providing white parents with information on setting up their multiracial children for success to empower and to celebrate them. Her program is a group coaching program called Educate, Empower, Advocate, Parenting Your Multiracial Child Successfully, and you are going to love it. The links are in the information for the podcast, and I would love for you guys to take a listen, um, like our show, put some feedback and comments and make sure that you join Christina and Beth in their new endeavor as we all support this growing, beautiful community. Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. Thank you.